eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Always aggravated. A Mike Valenti signature podcast. Well, welcome in this week. Always aggravated. A lot to discuss. Uh, Breaking news as we went to start taping. Eli Manning is dead. (laughs) Professionally, of course. The Giants are starting. Danny Dimes. Um, I I should be in an afterglow of that, but I was struggling with some technology at my desk. We are going to get into a lot of stuff. First of all, revisit my off-season predictions for the NFL two weeks in and whether they're spot on or deserve to be shit on. Uh, we'll get into point shaving from the mind of executive producer Roberto Beauchene. He actually brought value from his ridiculous <laughs> mafia podcast about point shaving in sports. We'll hear some audio from an interview he did. And then we got to get into the mind of Dave Richard, our fantasy analyst, CBS Sports, uh, and talk fantasy football and kind of take uh, take stock of might be time to panic with some stars. It's all next. Always aggravated. All right, so as we start today, time of recording, I don't know. I've lost track. It's uh, lunchtime on Tuesday. Um, I wanted to give you you guys a chance. You can tell me spot on or whether these deserve to be shit on. But for all the world, we do these preseason, offseason hot takes. And you're bound to get some of them wrong. I mean, it's, it's, it's not possible to get these all right. So I wanted to have some fun after two weeks we can have some some nonsense overreactions to these, but I want you to take stock of these, Mikey, yeah. because at the halfway point, we're going to revisit this again and see just how good or bad I'm doing. Sure, because it's 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 fun to shit on me. I mean, who are we kidding? <laughs> um, so I'm going to run down this list. Roberto can take a little nappers, and then we're going to come back with him with point shaving and mob stuff. Um, Preseason bold take. Spot on or shit on? I told you Cam Newton is done as a big-time NFL quarterback, and it's going to be his last year with the Panthers. Two weeks in, i got to be honest, I feel like I am on point, and it sounds like at time of taping, he ain't going to practice this week, re-aggravated the foot. You tell me. I think that's spot on. That is spot on. And I thought I did shit on this opinion when you first brought it up because I thought that he would still be pretty good this year. I thought that he would still be still be decent, still be a good, solid NFL quarterback, um, especially coming off last season. I think he completed 67% of his passes. But no, he looks terrible this year. I think saying Cam Newton's done is fair. Dave, it is fair. 
It is a fair statement. It's something I looked up. He has the highest uncatchable percentage. 34.2% of his passes oh have been uncatchable. God. The highest percentage through two weeks. How is that possible? I have no idea. He is absolutely done. What are the odds? Set it right now that we revisit this at the halfway mark, and I have to take that opinion back. 100 to 1? You won't have to take it back, no. Okay. Hot take number two. The Packers were my Super Bowl choice out of the NFC. Two weeks in, they are 2-0. and Spot on or shit on? Because I think there's a case you could shit on this. Yeah, I, I think you're wrong about this one. Already <laughs> two weeks in, I get I get it, they're 2-0. and But the offense is still struggling. There it is. The offense is struggling, and from what I understand, there's been yelling back and forth between Aaron Rodgers and LaFleur. I understand it. It was on our TVs <laughs> on Sunday. So, you, you know, that right there tells me that they're not in sync Totally. So you have to be wrong let on me that ma- one. Let me make the case to you, though. Let me at least make the case, and I'm not asking you to take your opinion back. Already 2-0, and but it's a road win over to Bears, yeah. a home win over to Vikes. So you're a third of the way there against the division to go in 6-0. Offensively not clicking, but it was an improvement week 1-2, to two, and here's the key. And it was the big reason I said, guys, I really like the pack this year. Their defense might just be for real. They retooled that thing, and the first-round picks, the draft capital they used, the free agent dollars they used. David, that defense looks pretty damn real. Now, I understand it's got to get better with with Rodgers. I understand that LaFleur is an unproven commodity. I'm not giving this one up. I think we have to revisit at the halfway mark. Hmm. But I don't feel bad about it a couple weeks in. Nobody was picking them to beat the Bears week one except this goofball. Mm-hmm. I I don't know, man. I'm telling you. Do you at least agree they are the kings of the North? Yeah, they are the kings of the North because All of right. Trubisky and Cousins. Well, so, I mean, they're, they're one at of least the, I'm getting a home playoff game out of this. Packers are one of the two undefeated teams in the NFC North, obviously. Um but I, I bet on the Packers the first two weeks and cash a ticket as well, and that's some of my only wins on that show. But I Mike Squarevin. I think that um, when you look at Rodgers, what he's done through two weeks, 412 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, just super solid, 63% of his passes. And he's already complete. screamed at Matt LaFleur once, so yeah. that's pretty good. All right, number three. God, I feel so good about this, and these, these bastards ought to be 0-2. The Chicago Bears will fall back to 9-7. and P.S. Mitch Trubisky stinks. Now look, I know technically they won that game in Denver, but they didn't win it. And in my universe, they didn't win that game. That The NFL owes the Denver Broncos a win. That was the worst yep. rough in the passer I've ever seen. But the Bears are not... I don't think the Bears are any good. And their defense is not going to score six, seven touchdowns again. Spot on, or does it deserve to get shit on? I'll shit on this in a d- different type of way, though. I think they're going to be worse than nine and seven. Oh I think, my! I think they're going to be a little worse than nine and seven this year. So I get the premise of the thing, of the uh, statement, but no, they're going to be right. a little worse than that. Is Mitch Trubisky truly this bad? I don't think so. You think he's better? Than I this. think that he's playing so bad right now. I get it, but I I don't have the belief that Mitch Trubisky just absolutely sucks. Can I, I remind you that mm. the Bears traded up to take him and took him ahead of Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson? <laughs> Look, here's the thing. Just a reminder for you Bear fans out there. With Trubisky, my 
philosophy is always wait till the third year is over. Okay. I can't anymore, though. Mitchell Trubisky has looked, has looked awful the first two weeks. They have one team touchdown. It's not a passing touchdown. It's a rushing touchdown. He looks bad. David, let me tell you this. Oh, it was bad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the defense was bad. No, let me tell you this. I think Nagy is admitting his quarterback's a liability mm-hmm. with the way they're calling these games. Uh-huh. Now, I'm starting to call him into question a little bit. I know. Mm-hmm. You know, I know he called plays for Andy Reid for about 10 minutes. That offense is gadgety and trinkety. They don't have a real go-to strength. It's all bullshit. Mm-hmm. End arounds and Corderell Patterson's in the game, and ooh, it's a junk screen. And you're like, mm-hmm. what exactly do you do well? I keep an eye on that. All right, this one I'm gonna. This is I'm gonna shit on myself. Preseason, I thought the Steelers were still legit. We're mm-hmm. still gonna win the North. I'm an idiot. Away we go. <laughs> David, you're the Steelers. Uh, a single tear has run down David's uh, cheek. Yeah, this one hurts me because two weeks in the season, my season's over. You know it's over. Oh, you know what it's like to be a Giant fan. <laughs> but here's the thing. Going into the season, I knew the defense was still a question mark. Defensive backs, the middle of the defense alone, the linebackers. Started with Devin Bush, you drafted him, should improve, but you really have not improved that defense, and now you have no Ben Roethlisberger. What the? It's just side note. Mm-hmm. What are you doing trading for Minka Fitzpatrick? Um, I understand the move to get him in the defensive backfield, but trading a first round pick yeah. for him David, if you is go, the problem. If you go five and eleven, I know. and you have the number five pick in the draft. I know. And you bypassed Jake Fromm. I know. Or Jerry Judy. Or you know, et cetera. Yeah. David. I mean, Minka Fitzpatrick's got a lot of potential, but uh, that's not Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, that's the issue that I have because Fitzpatrick comes in, he's already the best defensive back we have. But we just gave up a first-round pick that we need in a year that Roethlisberger's now hurt. <sighs> I tell you, that trade is crazy. Sully, you could shit all over it. It's a terrible prediction. Well, I, I'm going to shit on it but it, because obviously the Steelers don't look good. But I also don't think that uh, – I think Mason Rudolph will be all right. I, I, I wouldn't just write him off as a complete bust. Yeah, I, but they're I, not going to win the North. No, that's no, the they won't, no, they no. won't. They won't. All right. Preseason prediction. The Saints are going to fall off a cliff. Now, I need you two to rule on this. I didn't think they were that good before. Now, it's not really fair because Drew Brees got hurt. Mm -hmm. So, do we just take this one off the board? I'm not going to gloat about being right. Drew Brees lost his thumb. I'm not willing to take it off the board, and this is why. Teddy touchdown. I think this injury might be a blessing in disguise. Because if they can stay afloat with Teddy two gloves... Then the arm of Drew Brees that has been fading the last few years at the end of the season bullpen could mm-hmm. be fresher at the end and at the at the point they need him to be fresh. Yeah. So I'm not willing to you know knock that one off the board yet. Okay. All right. So I could still end up getting shit on. Ma- maybe. I think there's another angle you're missing here though. And I watched I watched like two hours last night of Monday Night Countdown because it's a Monday Why? night and and I frankly had nothing better to do. Oh, at all. what a dreadful um, program! But, uh, what, what what other stuff do I got to do? But so I was watching that and and I think it was Adam Schefter, and Steve Young and Randy Moss. They were talking about it. They made a good point where they love Taysom Hill so much. It mm-hmm. takes away from their offense. If yes, but if Teddy Bridgewater goes out and struggles this week, he's going to get all the one reps in practice. He's going to be going this week. But if he struggles a little bit. They might throw Taysom Hill in there and just start him at quarterback, especially Ooh. with how he was in the preseason. That's something to keep an eye on. Mm. Oh, my God. All right, next one. My preseason prediction was between Green Bay, Philly, and Atlanta, two of those three will play in the NFC title game. 
spot on or shit on? I know David's already shaking his head. He hates this. I do, but I don't know. I might be on board with the Eagles now. They look good. Despite the injuries. injuries. Yes, I know. And two of those teams playing, that's the question mark. I don't think Atlanta's good enough. Okay. And I'm not sure if the Packers yet are good enough. Well, I, th- I think the Packers are good enough, and I think they're going to get better as the season goes on. The one I don't, I, the one I really don't know what to do with is Atlanta right now. Mm-hmm. That, that's what I'm. That's the team I'm struggling to yep. just find a true opinion and identity on through two weeks. Well, listen, I mean, week one was a disaster. Week two, they really rallied up, and mm-hmm. again, Matt, Matt Ryan back to back weeks with interceptions in the end zone. Yep. I just couldn't believe what I was watching. All right. Um, I don't mind this next one. I preseason, I said the Browns are no better than nine and seven. <laughs> Spot on, not ready to go there. Where you feel after two weeks, Brownies are one and one. I don't even count last night's win. They played a de- they played a team with a yeah, dead guy. Yeah, they played Falk or whatever quarterback. It was just crazy. I I said this before the season too. I think the Browns are a fantasy football team, and they're going to struggle, especially in year one, to gel. So I would say this is spot on. That they won't get to 10 wins, yes. David, altering it? You believe in them more? Steelers <laughs> suck? No, I don't no. believe in okay. the Browns more. All right. They are awful, and I'm glad defensive coordinators are noticing. They are confusing Baker pre-snap. He does not know what he's looking at, and I'm so glad they're figuring that last out. Night was, last night was pretty damning yes. because Greg Williams fooled him a number of times. Yes, he did. Plus, you have Odell wearing uh, illegal watches and illegal visors out there now. Uh, you know what? O- o- Odell is an, Odell's an idiot. And, and this is part of the reason. I wasn't mad the Giants traded him. I was mad the return they got on him. Mm-hmm. But think about this. Last night in a football game, you were called off the field on a critical third oh. and goal because you're wearing a fucking visor mm-hmm. that you know you can't wear. Yep. They don't allow fashion visors. Yep. You're not allowed to wear a, a metallic orange visor. You know this. Mm-hmm. You know it. Just like wearing a $350,000 watch in a game. You know that. Th- this is where I can't yep. take the guy. And I always go back to this. Odell Beckham in the big spots could never be trusted by the New York Giants. Hey, did you enjoy your time on a boat? Clubbing in Miami? Because here's what happened when you went to Green Bay that very Ugh. week for the playoff game. You dropped a third and seven that killed a drive yep. that would have put us in field goal range, and you dropped a touchdown pass early in the game that would have helped change the game. Okay? Biggest game of your life. How about a Monday night football game against the Minnesota Vikings, and you're too busy, John, with Xavier Rhodes. He picked up a couple personal fouls. Mm-hmm. He loses his mind. The guy can't be trusted. I'm telling you, no one is more talented, but I, I, I just, for the Browns, good luck and Godspeed with well, this guy. Can you imagine if that was a playoff game and he's getting called off the yeah. field because of a fashion item he's or wearing? Or there was a competent offense on the other side of the field. Yeah, And I, he was wearing a $2 million watch pregame yesterday <laughs> because, of course, since he can't wear it in the regular game, now he has to make a statement and do it in the pregame. And also... Here's what in never my, stops with this. Guy. Here's in my opinion what happened too. You mentioned that oh he knew he couldn't wear that visor. I believe that's true. Ah, and what hap- what happened was I guarantee that pregame one of the refs told him hey you know what Odell you can't wear that. Mm-hmm. So what happened? He wears the damn visor and then they get down to the goal line. So what do, what do the refs do? Okay we're gonna make a statement. Hey Odell yeah I know you're down at the goal line. That visor that we told you you can't wear get, get out of the, the game field. now. Don't don't get out of the game after you make that one handed catch. Get out of it now that you're down at the goal line. 
It's just, it's, it's, it never stops with him. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. I don't know what, how this dude's brain works, but it doesn't work He's the way mine works. Making, he loves the act of defiance. He, that's what it is. And making statements and just wanting to do his own thing. All right, next one, because I've spent too much time talking about him. I, I can't take it. <laughs> um, spot on or shit on? The Bills can be your surprise wild card in the AFC. Bills open up on the road, beat the Giants and Jets. No great shakes. Didn't look good against the Jets, but got it done. Ready to make a ruling after two weeks on this? Bills, AFC wild card, discuss. You know I love Josh, Josh Allen. Allen. Love him. So I will say spot on with this. I think the guy's fantastic. And when he came out, when it was Sam Darnold and Josh Allen and Josh Rosen and those guys, mm-hmm. I said that Josh Allen's the best out of all of them. And it's really and like I got made fun of. It's really like they're 4-0 because they, they're going to play the Dolphins twice. Yes. Right. Yeah, they I mean, can. think about it. If you just assume two victories from the Bills for the Dolphins. You're four and zero. Oh. Mm-hmm. All they got to do is go six and six the rest of the way to be ten and six. It's crazy. Think about it. Mm-hmm. And they just beat a divisional opponent on the road. Yes. Jets got to come to them now. Yes, you could defend the Dan against the Jets at home. They That's five and zero. Oh. They can get in. I think there's a real shot here. I said this on Cash a Ticket that when a team starts on back to back road games to start a season. More times than not, that team, when they go 2-0, they make the playoffs. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. The Bills started 2-0. So I have to say that they probably are on track to make the playoffs this year, which is scary to think about before the season. Let me give you a couple that I know you're going to crush me on. I said the Patriots would win the AFC East again, but only at 10-6. and six. <laughs> Yeah, pretty sure I got that wrong. 10-6, and six, so just flip the 6 with a 0, and then, and, you should, uh, then you'll be okay, good. You know what's funny, Mike? I'm glad you brought that up because— I was going to ask you guys for a big take two weeks in that we could revisit at the halfway mark. Mm-hmm. Doesn't this kind of get the feeling that it's 07 again yeah. for the Pats? That they have just assembled something that is so indomitable that, that I mean, like, look, if Antonio, if you could tell me right now that they get 10 games out of Antonio Brown, I'm just factoring in 10 games for Antonio Brown. I absolutely would say, you know what? Yeah, they might be able to do this 16 and 0 thing. Mm-hmm. 15 and 1 thing. Is that is that silly after 2 weeks knowing they played a JV team in week 2? Not at all. I, I think that it's I think they wrecked the Sealer season. It's I mean, starting right to get talked about more too. I mean, there's articles being written. People are saying, "Oh, they're going to go 16 and 0." I think we're going to see some some prop bets soon of that. You know, it's definitely on on the radar. David. No, I don't think it's crazy to say when you have the Jets twice. Uh, Dolphins one the Dolphins more. one more time. That's just division so right that's there. That's five and zero. Oh. Yeah. Even if you drop it, well, drop a game to Buffalo, you're six and one. Mm-hmm. Who the hell is beating these guys? Right. I don't see anyone beating them. Let's say they go to Buffalo and there's three feet of snow or something. I, I just right. All right. So let me let me give you the last one that I that I got horribly wrong. Except I'm not horribly wrong, but I am. If that makes any sense. I said preseason the Dolphins are the worst team in football. We'll go one and fifteen. I don't even think that was harsh enough. (laughs) The Dolphins are not just the worst team in football. They might be the worst team in history. Mm -hmm. And I would actually find it to be borderline miraculous if they are able to win a football game. Mm -hmm. I mean, they traded Laramie Tunsil. They traded Kenny Stills. They just traded Minka Fitzpatrick. You have a mutiny. You have guys demanding trades. You have players openly quitting. You have a first-year, first-time head coach. Yep. I, I... one in 15, I'm actually worried I'm not going to get that right. I almost think it's, 
How much would things have to change for them to win a football game? I know. They were outscored cool. 110 to, mm-hmm. to 10. Patriots cover an 18 and a half point spread. It was crazy. They are now 21 and a half point yes, underdogs at time of taping for week three. Insane. We are seeing historical things here. Yes. It, it, do I deserve to get shit on for that? I mean, one in fifteen, zero oh in sixteen. No, it's 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 sure it's crazy to think how can they even win a game. But no, they're historically bad. Whether it's one in fifteen, whether it's zero oh in sixteen, that's kind of the same thing in my opinion. I would also flip that and ask you, what's more likely, Patriots sixteen and zero or Dolphins zero oh and sixteen? If you had to pick one, Dolphins be zero oh and sixteen. I Dolphins. don't. Yeah. The level of play they would have to aspire to. To win a football game. Mike, mm-hmm. they have lost by 50 yep. points back-to-back weeks. They've traded their best players. Yep. They have nothing left. I- yeah, and going to, you know, Rosen is not going to solve things. I feel, so. you know There's got to be one game built into the Patriots schedule, though, where you can kind of look ahead and say, well, they could drop that. As good as they look. Oh, well, the Steelers. Oh, sorry. Not to sound like Mark Schlereth, you know, the cliche cafe, but any given Sunday. <laughs> right. No shit, Mark. Thanks. I mean, but it like. You like the, him on TV, by no, the way? No, I think he's atrocious. Okay. Um, the Miami Dolphins. Oh, he is. He's just a cliche speaking spell. Mm-hmm. And he keeps calling himself, we, bro, you don't play for the Broncos anymore. <laughs> and he just spent all of Sunday ripping Garrett Bowles. Like, yes, he did. Dude, did Bowles rob your house or do something to you? Like, I get it. The guy stinks. You think he's trying to suck? Oh, it's got to be 72 again. This guy blows. You're like, dude. All right, here's the Dolphins schedule. I mean, all right, at Dallas, no shot. At San Diego, no shot. Can't lose a bye week, so there's that. All right, you're You'll find a way to lose the bye week. Home against the Redskins. No. Okay. I think Washington's good enough to beat them for sure. At Buffalo, at Pittsburgh, <laughs> home Jets and Darnold's back and Mosley's back. At Colts, home Bills, at Browns, home Eagles, <laughs> at Jets. I got the one. I got the game. At my Giants, because <laughs> God hates me. They will go 1-15 and 15 and beat my Giants. No, then the Bengals, then at New England. Yeah. I mean, I, Mike, the way they're playing. Can you imagine? It, wait, New England's their last game? Yeah. Oh, how great of a storyline will that be at the end of the season if it's record both ways, 0-16, 16-0? Now, let me give you the Patriots on the other side, 16-0. and 0. Uh, Jets. Win. At Bills. Win. At Redskins. Win. Giants. Oh, win. At Jets. Win. Browns. Ooh. Baker rises up. No, I'm only kidding. No, I, I, I can see the Browns stepping up for that game. That could be. All right. Mm. Can I at least mark that down as a danger game? That's a danger game. The next week, Sunday night football at Ravens. That's that's one. That's one they could are realistically we, Are we getting together to watch that game? We should. Yeah, that, that's the third let's just travel, of November. Let's just travel and go to that game. Oh, that? my God. Oh, so what weekend is that? That is the, the November 3rd. Oh, my God. How exciting. That's so good. Ravens, Lamar, mm-hmm. Mandrews. Mm-hmm. They could lose. Hollywood Brown. Okay, that's a second danger game. Yes. Next. Well, they have a few of them. At 
the Eagles. Definitely is. Right, that's that, after the bye, though. David's talked me out of it. That's after the bye. They're though. not going undefeated. It doesn't yeah. look like The Dolphins it. aren't winning again. And then they have the Cowboys the week after that. So, yeah. Ooh. And then the Texans after that. Can then I, the Chiefs. Can I ignore no, the yeah, Lions for that yeah. month and yeah. just watch the Patriots? <laughs> it doesn't look like they're going undefeated. That's right. a, it's a little o- yeah. overhyped right now with yeah. the 16-0 and stuff. I get it. I really do. But it's a little much. All right. So, two weeks in, I've given you the bold take that David's already disproven. So, give me yours. Two weeks in, offer me a bold take that we'll revisit at the halfway point. Oh, and I could get burned on this, but I'll say No this. shit, that's why it's bold. Um, I'll say the Colts will make the playoffs. Mm. Holy shit. I'll say the Colts will make the playoffs. You just stole mine. That's such oh, a was it? That's such a good one. Oh, no, right. I love um, it. I like the I, fact I you're that, both on the same page. They, they, they can rally, they can rally around Jacoby Brissett. I think their defense is good enough. Hey. Good enough. To, to possibly win some games. And One also, of us picked him to beat the Titans straight up last week. Mm-hmm. It, hey, Nick Foles injury and, and how bad Jaguars are with 0-2, I think that factors in with the division. So I think the I, Colts sneaking into the playoffs, I'll say that for my bold one. That's I'll tell you, one. that's probably one of my most interesting games this week in the NFL, too. Mm-hmm. Atlanta at Indy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Indy's home opener. That offensive line, and I'm going to tell you, if you watch Sunday Night Football, mm-hmm. that Atlanta-Philly game was a bloodbath. I mean, a physical war. Yes. And you got to line up against the Colts' O-line. Oh, man, Atlanta's defense better bring their lunch pail. I, I'm telling you, I could see the Colts getting that game. Mm-hmm. Colts next few weeks, yep. by the way, if they can survive Atlanta, this isn't bad. At the Raiders— now, the Chiefs is tough. They get to the bye, then it's Texans, Broncos, deadbeat Steelers, deadbeat Dolphins, <laughs> deadbeat Jags, Texans blow, already beat the Ravens, Bucks suck, Panthers suck, Jags suck, at mm. Saints. I'm going to tell you mm. something. You guys may be on to something here. The little ponies well, from the state of Indiana. Yeah. I, I don't mind this L- if they can me, clear Atlanta. Let me offer you another bold take slash uh, bold question, I guess. Sure. Do you think the Broncos are as bad as their record with 0-2? Yes. Well, no. <laughs> yeah. No. They should be 1-1, one right. one, mm. but mind you, neither the Bears or Broncos played winning football. Mm. I wouldn't. It's a lot like the Lions. The Lions beat the Chargers. I don't believe the Lions are a good team. I think the Lions have played like an 0-2 football team. I know. Team. Right. So the fact I they think even the have Broncos have played like an 0-2 football team. Mm-hmm. But... Well, they are 0-2. My point is they should be 1-1. <laughs> one one. The NFL screwed them. Yes, they did. The Lions screwed themselves. Hey, you want to get away and relax? Uh, yeah, it sounds great. How about Vegas? How about Vegas during football season? That's right. The D Las Vegas is not just for March Madness. You head on out. You get all the comforts of a Vegas hotel. The only thing you miss out on, that big bill. That's right. You go to the D Las Vegas, you're going to enjoy yourself. Spend that money doing something else. Got the long bar. They got their brand new sports book. They got it all. And you can even see Roberto in a blazer, no shirt underneath, at American Coney Island at 3 a.m. It's all there for you. The D Las Vegas. It's the D.com to book your stay today. The D.com, the D Las Vegas. It is your home for, well, football season in Vegas. Roberto has been so excited to do this for a couple of weeks. Now, Roberto, you need to explain this because this is. Look, everyone talks gambling during the NFL season. Everyone loves watching football, betting on football. What goes hand-in-hand with betting? Accusations of the fix is in. The book knows. Vegas knows. This is fixed. Point shaving. You 
have a Moonlight podcast called Original Gangsters. Correct. You are the executive producer. Your Correct. hosts don't matter. They're not even in the bio. Very important people. Very important people. Bobby Buccioletta <laughs> and uh, uh, Pete Bernstein. Bernie. Well, are you going to introduce your hosts? It is Dr. James Buccioletto and Scott M. Bernstein. Thank you. Now, tell me why we are making this a part of our podcast. So, yeah, like you mentioned, the original Gangsters podcast is also available on Radio.com and Apple iTunes. You okay. son of a bitch. We stop had on a guest. With, stop promoting. We had on a guest this last week, Michael Francais, who was a, uh, a captain. Afternoons in New York. <laughs> no, not Francais. Yeah, right, right. Turn Michael my Frances. mic on. <laughs> Michael Francais. <laughs> He was a captain in the Colombo family, New York mob family in the 1980s. Uh, he was referred to as the Yuppie Don. Oh, my because, God. Because uh, he was very young at the time. It was bringing in up to $10 million a week into the organized crime world. Uh, he's now since reformed himself. He's a motivational speaker. He's a minister. Oh, my. And uh, he's what? spoken at over 400 college campuses and talked to college athletes about the fee, you know the, the pit of gambling, point shaving, and, and, and those kind of things. So, you know, usually when we do this podcast, you hear the same names over and over again. You hear John Gotti. You hear all these names. Never would I have thought we would have a guest bring up the name Nick Saban. Oh, jeez! <gasps> on our podcast, original gangster. <laughs> so, all right. So, I just pulled a couple of clips here, and I wanted to get your opinion on on you know. The epidemic, and he's making it sound like he's, you know, a lot of these oh, athletes are, um, you know, getting into trouble well, with gambling. Next, Roberto ruins your ability to care about sports. All right, let's hear it. There you go. Oh, yeah. I was, uh, I was with Alabama uh, last week with, with uh, Coach Saban. Uh, Nick has taken me to every team he's had LSU, Miami, Alabama a couple of times. So, uh, yeah, we share that information. I give them the benefit of my experience, tell them. Why they shouldn't be gambling? Who they got to watch out for? Um, you know, be careful of the relationships that they make and keep. And and uh, you know, it's been a good a good program. And I've been doing it since '96. Wow. So um, not only with the pros, but with all the collegiate sports. All right, here here's my one question. We the three of us love college football. Roberto doesn't count. <laughs> college football. I guess I believe it happens. But I don't think it's widespread. I, 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 the amount of money it would take for a player of substance, a mm -hmm. guy who actually plays and can impact the game, I just don't – like you would have to pay a kid what? For a kid to Not possibly throw his – yeah, but for him to throw yeah. his career They're away. talking – he's talking, you know, a couple grand. What? And also, he said it too. It's he mentioned easier because the pro guys, the professionals are making money. Don't need it. So, right. college, you can get a guy, hey, here's five but grand, see, I, throw, I, the, throw the play. And he said it's not just organized crime guys that are in the life, it's also guys that are just big into gambling and have the cash. The stat that you hear, and Roberto, I think this it was even mentioned on your podcast. Original the, gangsters. The stat that gets thrown around is that for every college football game you watch, one out of every five college football games in 2019 is thrown or fixed in some way. Stop. No. Allegedly. No. Allegedly. No. I, mm -mm. Dude, you're going to kill my Saturday. No. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's said from people like this guy. All right, play the next clip. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Stop. Before you play the next one, this can't be the big schools. This has to be, you know, like the Georgia States well, or at, the sure. Akron, right? You cannot have point shaving at Bama and LSU and 
Clemson, yeah, right? Yeah, but those would be the games that get the most action on them. The incentive hmm. to yeah, fix. You know what? If Nick Saban's bringing this guy in, how many times he he's looking to ensure wow. that, that, that this doesn't happen? You know, whenever I go to a school, I tell them straight out, you know, a lot of times we'll do just the football team, just the basketball team, then quite often we'll do all the student athletes, you know, from male and female from every sport. And I tell them straight out, I said, look, I don't work for the school. I don't work for the NCAA. I'm a hired gun. I come in here. I do my thing because I care about you people. I don't want to see you getting in trouble. I said, so here's the deal. You got a gambling situation. You know somebody has a gambling situation. You got a problem. You owe some money. Here's my email address. Email me. Guys, I will tell you this. I've done over 300, probably 350 at this point in time. It hasn't failed yet. By the time I get back to my hotel room, I have emails from somebody in that room, okay, that's going through a gambling situation. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, I, all right, up next, Mike doesn't watch college football anymore. <laughs> oh, man. Holy shit. <laughs> Uh, I don't even know what to say. I mean, I guess you're right. It is easy to just run into some guy named uh, Tito on campus mm -hmm. and, you know, hey, uh, do me a favor. Try not to win by 28 this week. And the kid maybe goes, eh, what the hell, we'll win by 27. You screw up a key play or something. Mm -hmm. But, like, yeah, I guess I could see that happening. But I just... For what gain? Like, what are we talking about? The kid has to know that by doing it, their entire career is over, and that guy then owns them. Yeah, he's saying that a lot of these kids don't know that. And in this clip, he explains, uh, in this one. you know, if, if you're not smart, you're going to run into that guy, and he's going to take advantage of you. These kids get in trouble for a couple of grand, and they're, they're, they're ripe. You know, they're, they're prime, you know, to have a, a, a real situation for themselves if they get in, in front of the wrong person. And right now when I tell them, the wrong person is out there looking for you guys all the time. It's not like one in a million. They're out there all the time looking for you. You give them an opening, and you're going to meet that person. I guarantee it. So you got to, you know, really have them put up their guard and be careful who they talk to and watch out what kind of information they spread and who they associate with and who's asking them certain questions. And they're not wise to this. Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, but you know what, though? At the smaller schools, I forget which one of you guys had said it. That is where you go. Yeah. Like if you go to, I I, I don't want to throw. I'm not I'm not casting uh, an accusation here. I'm giving an example. Mm -hmm. But like you go to a Texas San Antonio or an Arkansas yes. State or you know you got you go to a New Mexico State in mm -hmm. Las Cruces, yep. New Mexico. I find it more believable. I do. I don't find it believable at the highest levels. I not anymore. Yeah. I don't. I just think there's too much coverage, too much scrutiny, too many people looking to bust these guys. I don't buy it. And I already think, ah, this is where I'm going to get in trouble. I already think at a lot of the big schools, the players are already getting taken care of through sure. back channel through mm -hmm. different ways. Uh, I mean, let's just cut the shit. Mm -hmm. Like, who are we kidding? No, I don't think the kids who go to Power Program X can't afford to buy a hamburger. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Well, remember, too, he's not just talking about point shaving. He's talking about just that these players develop a gambling problem by betting on games. And yeah, but it's one and the same if you're betting on your own team. Well, right. It's, or you're betting it, against your team, you're shaving. We, we talk about it all the time, though. Some of these losses, even through two weeks, right? Mike, you've had some losses in cash to take it that are one point, half a point, uh, uh, okay. several. I will give you an example. <laughs> Why are they that close? Well, Besides just Vegas, it makes you think they're that close. Everybody calm down. Now, they're that now close this. because people are. I will tell you, it always makes me wonder. So... Army played 
UTSA this past week. Now, I said on cash the ticket, I wouldn't touch it unless it got to 17 and a half. It was stuck at 17. UTSA scores to make it 24 14, mm-hmm. except they missed the extra point. They let Army score with a minute and a half to go. It's a final 31 13. 17 point dog, 18 point game. The extra point misses that cost you games. I cannot lie to you. I hate kickers, and I do think the easiest person to influence totally. outside of a quarterback is a kicker. Go up there, shanker doodle. You're taking literally like the, the, the house. The edge with these lines is so tight mm-hmm. that if a kicker goes out, misses an extra point, you are taking points off the board immediately. Yes. Immediately. And it's a, you have one job to do. I always think about shit like that. But is that worth it? Then now no, everyone hates what? you? I know I don't so think so. But It's so impressive how close Vegas gets these spreads. But I also it's in the back of my head that why are they that close? Because they're, they're kind of trying to be influenced. But it's they also, know where the line's at. But it's also algorithmic, right. how it's supposed to play out. They know what the betting market is going to be. They can. Uh, hey, listen. Does it make you ask questions? Well, I'm yes. asking one right now. One. In my head. Because I talked to you at that weekend after we got back. That Texas A&M-Clemson game. That spread was 16. Yep. That late touchdown. Now I want to go back and watch the replay of the last touchdown to see if a defensive back may have slowed down a little bit to let the touchdown. I got one more for you, and it's in that Army-UTSA <sighs> game. You said the final score was 31-13, right? Yeah. Over-under? 44 and a half. They scored 44. The missed extra point kept them under. Yes. Wow. Okay, let me. I got one more. Okay. One more quick and clip. And I lost that over in the cash and ticket by half a fucking okay. point. Okay. One more quick clip because this is just a badass moment of this episode. Play from, this in the, yeah. from Michael Francis. Original gangsters. Yes. I, I told the uh, coach, I said, look, I want all your linemen up front. I want the biggest guys first row, front of the room. And he'll do that. And throughout the course of my talk, I'll walk over to, let's say, I got, uh, you know, offensive guard, right? He's 360 pounds. He's six foot five. I'll tell him, stand up. And he'll look at me like, you know, I said, stand up. Will you stand up? You're three times my size. So he'll stand up. I said, let me ask you a question. I said, you know, on the field, I said, I wouldn't come close to you. I said, you would tear me up. You'd eat me up. You'd put you, you know, I'd be in my grave. I said, no doubt about it. But then what I'll do, I'll walk in front of him, and I'll draw this kind of line with my foot. And I say, but let me explain something to you, my friend. You step over this line, you come into my business, I'm going to make a sissy out of you. I'm going to eat you up alive, and there ain't nothing you're going to do about it. Not a thing. (laughs) And I'm fucking terrified. Good night, everybody. (laughs) I mean, that is some cold-blooded shit. But uh, you know what, though? This guy... Sounds amazing. Yeah, he does. But he's right. The minute you owe somebody money, when you've taken it to shave points, gamble, whatever, yeah, man, that's you got yourself a real problem on your hands. That's, wow, can you imagine that scene? I wish he would have told us what the kid's reaction was. Do you want to promote cash the ticket now? Uh, (laughs) I don't mean, now hold on, time out. 
I don't mean. Listen, there's a big difference between a broke ass college kid who plays college football, gambling on college football, than a single guy like Sully or Bob from Wyandotte wanting to place a few shackles on a game. Of course, but it's the same. Throwing the game, or you know, point shooting when you're in the game. Let me know. Here, I'll tell you what. Let me know when I can influence Michigan (laughs) losing to Wisconsin this weekend, and we'll have a conversation. Oh my god. Original gangsters on radio.com. Roberto, I know you're very proud of your work. Um, We've got fantasy football stuff coming up next. Dave Richard, CBS Sports, the panic meter, roundtable questions, the whole deal. Big power's at it again, people. Uh, Leaving you in the dark. I mean, poor Roberto, last power outage in his underwear, flashlight, candles, embarrassing. It's a nightmare. Don't do it anymore. Go solar. Power Home Solar makes it easy to switch. You get battery storage with your installation, so no more searching for a flashlight or sitting in the dark wishing you could play your vinyl like Roberto. (laughs) Own your power. Don't rent it. Power Home, the number one residential solar provider in the state, one of the top solar installation companies in the nation. Power Home installs American-made panels, 30-year warranty, so you own your power. You don't just rent it. It's just that simple. You want to see if... Solar's right for you and your home? Great. Go to PowerHome.com. That's PowerHome.com. Or you can give them a call today, 1-800-SOLAR-15. Schedule your free solar consultation today. Don't rent your power. Own your power. With help from PowerHome Solar. All right, our next guest, uh, my guy, one of the premier fantasy football voices in America, the host, one of the hosts of Fantasy Football Today on CBS Sports. He is Dave Richard. Dave, what's going on, buddy? Mike, are you 2-0? I am 2-0, believe it or not. I oh, am. fantastic. Yes, I feel good about it. Uh, I have. N- not all people are as lucky as I am. So I, I want to go through a panic meter. One through ten, your level of concern of these players then some questions, and then we're probably going to derail this thing because I'm in love with one particular player, okay? <laughs> okay All right. Fine. Panic meter. Mike Evans. Three. Okay. What's the cause? Why so calm about it? He's been terrible. Because uh, <laughs> He's been terrible. I think the matchups are going to get better for him starting this week against the Giants. I think Jameis Winston is actually starting to play a little bit better. And I actually think he's a great buy-low candidate right now. While, while Chris Godwin's getting all the numbers... People that drafted Mike Evans in round two, they're going, what's going on with this guy? You know, And mm-hmm. maybe you just got to put your arm around him and say, all right, look, I'll give you Tyrell Williams and Carlos Hyde, and I'll take Mike Williams off your hands. You don't have to look at his face anymore. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'll, I'll tell you what, you, you want to look at his face. His numbers are going to go up. Alvin Kamara. Oh, like a one okay. maximum. What, what, what are you going to do? Yeah, you're you're going to trade him off for... We're just going to make that the the crapple sack that you get for any trade. Look, man, you took him in round one. It stinks that Drew Brees is hurt, but I I don't think it hurts him that he's got a quarterback that's going to check down a lot like Bridgewater. I I think he's going to continue to get a lot of touches. He had one really bad game. Uh, He's going to have a couple of those. Everybody does. I think he'll be fine. So if you've got him... Keep rolling with him. But again, just like Mike Evans, if the guy that has Kamara in your league is flipping out, say, let's put it this way. If the guy in your league, his first two picks were Alvin Kamara and Mike Evans, and he's 0-2, oh. he, he's probably panicking. And you can probably get one, if not both, of those guys at a pretty good price. Your best friend, Damian Williams? Uh, I'd start panicking a little bit on him. I, I would put it at like a 7, because now on top of splitting work with LaShawn McCoy... 
Uh, he's, he's hurt. He's got a knee bruise. And this offense is finding receivers out of nowhere to make plays downfield, and they're just going to ride Patrick Mahomes' arm. You know, Mahomes is their ride or die. And so part-time running back in that situation, I don't know if I feel good about him moving forward. It, uh, it, is, it is not quite what I thought it would be. I'm going to give you a guy I hated all preseason, so I'm excited he stinks. Duke Johnson. <laughs> I, I thought people were overrating him a little bit. I think you, you agree with me on yes, that one. Yes, totally. Uh, yeah, it's, it's like a six on, on the panic scale because, you know, at least they weren't taking him where you were taking Damian Williams, which is round two, round three. You were getting, you were probably getting Duke somewhere between rounds five and eight on draft day, depending on your league scoring system, how many people were in the league, and so on and so forth. But yeah, it is not. It, Carlos Hyde has worked out much better for the Texans than Duke Johnson has, and that's pretty surprising. I don't know how confident you can be starting Duke Johnson even even this week against the Chargers. I don't I don't know if you can look at him and say, okay, I got to get him in my lineup again. He's going to get those catches. They're going to come around. I don't know if they ever will. As long as Carlos Hyde is playing, I think it hurts Duke Johnson. All right, big name, but I I got to ask Aaron Rodgers panic meter. Nah, again. One or a zero. Okay. I know the numbers haven't been good. He's played Chicago and Minnesota for crying out loud. You know, and, and now it's Denver coming to town, and it's, it, it looks like it's a tough matchup, but teams have been able to throw on I, I, let's put it, uh, Let me rephrase that statement. Derek Carr was able to throw yeah. against Denver. I don't know if Mitchell Trubisky is going to be able to throw against anybody. Uh, he certainly couldn't get the job done against the Broncos. Uh, would it surprise you if Aaron Rodgers had a three-touchdown game this week? I mean, it wouldn't surprise me one bit. I think he'll be just fine. O.J. Howard. That's one that I think deserves some concern. Let's put that at six on the panic meter. I'm, uh, I am I don't like how he's not involved at all in the offense. Dude, he ran 20 routes last week. Played a ton. But I mean, we're seeing Cameron break it more targets. Well, and that's, break it more end zone opportunities. That's the thing it's is you look, at 20, you look at 20 routes and you don't get targeted. But then you look at a guy like Hollywood Brown who only runs – 13 routes and well, gets targeted eight times. More than that in week two. Like, yeah, that's a no-brainer. Like, if that's the move you've got to make, you're going to go and pivot to, to him over O.J. in a second. Right. Uh, I think what we got caught up in with O.J. Howard was the, the efficiency last year uh, in, on a limited basis. He didn't even average five targets a game, but he was, he was great. And you, you think a guy this big should be an end zone target all the time. Maybe it comes around eventually – the only problem is, when do you feel comfortable starting him now? Because it's been two weeks of just really sad panda production, and if he can't get, <laughs> if he can't get it fired up here, especially like against the Giants and that defense, you'd feel brutal. So here's what I think: I think if you've got a high waiver priority and you're listening to this before waivers run, go get Greg Olson. And start Greg Olson over O.J. Howard. You might want to start even Jason Witten this week over O.J. Oh, Howard. my God. Uh, but, look, Jason Witten's going up against the Dolphins. Can you blame me? No, I can't. I right? can't. It's the Dolphins. It's, yeah. You, you find another tight end. Go with that other tight end over O.J. Howard. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't just drop kick Howard off your team. Based on where you took him, panic meter, Todd Gurley. Well, I wouldn't take him unless it was round three, so I'd actually be pleasantly happy with what I've gotten out of him. Mm-hmm. And the people who took him in round two probably feel the same way. It's the people that took him in round one thinking, oh, he's going to be fine, don't worry about anything. He's not involved yeah. in the passing game. Uh, well, I mean, listen, he had, I, I think he had four catches for zero yards last week. It's either that or it's four targets for no catches. It's one or the other, maybe you know. But I'm, 
I, I, he's doing what I thought he'd do, which is, okay, nice enough numbers, but not being used like he was in the past. And he doesn't, he doesn't look good on a consistent basis. Like, no. if you go back and you watch his touchdown last week, that's the Todd Gurley I know. But if you watch a lot of his other runs, I don't know, Mike. He, he seems a no. little bit... Malcolm Brown's not going away either, Dave. They're going to guarantee him three or four series a game. And that's where just Todd Gurley is not on the field. Yeah. I'm, it, 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 it's a strike against him for sure. One saving grace is that this Rams passing offense seems to be in trouble. Like, golf getting over 250 yards is kind of a miracle. Yeah, uh, and a lot of it came on Cooper Cup's catch and run. You know, he had a sixty-six yard play. Cooks had a deep ball for fifty-seven yards too last week. So maybe once that opens up a little bit more, maybe things get a little bit easier for Gurley. But yeah, last week four targets, three catches, four yards. Not what we were expecting out of the pass again. Last one on the panic meter. Then we get to the questions. Juju Smith-Schuster. It's like a two and a half. Oh uh, my! It's, it's, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. And the same thing with Michael Thomas. I know that their quarterbacks are changing. But I, I think the quarterbacks that they have are going to be fine for what they do. Now, Judy Smith-Huster caught a long pass last week. He was on a flea flicker. That's accounting for about 30% of his total yards this year. I'm a little worried about the target share that he's been getting. But he, he had six targets, if you include the two-point conversion, from Mason Rudolph in a half. So Rudolph knows well enough to get Juju Smith-Huster the ball. Is he now in line to be 100 catches and 1,500 yards and 10 touchdowns and put up numbers like Antonio Brown used to put up? I think that's out the window. But I never really thought that that was a, a, a possibility anyway. I think he's going to still be good. He's still going to be a top-12 receiver. I've got him ranked as a top-12 receiver on the trade chart. Same thing with Michael Thomas. I, I think that quality talent can, can make do with less than great quarterbacks, and, and that's what they've got. At least in the case of Thomas, he's got Drew Brees coming back in a couple of months. Questions from the peanut gallery. Here we go. Let's say you have Brees. Let's say you have Roethlisberger. Stafford or Allen on your waiver wire? Which guy rest of the season? Rest of the season, I'm going to lean toward Josh Allen, and part of that is just baked into week three. I like his matchup a little bit more than Matthew Stafford's. I like that he runs the football a little bit more. Uh, he's not quite as accurate as Matthew Stafford, but I, I think that things are kind of turning around in Buffalo, and I think Allen is a big part of it. So he's got more ways to get you fantasy numbers than Matthew Stafford does. It's close between those two. By the way, if we're just looking at quarterbacks for week three and that's it and you're streaming, if Jimmy Garoppolo is out there, I like him better than both the guys you named. Is it time to give up on Cam as a fantasy quarterback, period? I don't know how you can feel confident starting him, even though he's going up against Arizona, and Arizona just let up a ton of numbers last week to Lamar Jackson and a ton of numbers to Stafford in week one. He's just so off the mark, and he's not running nearly as much. Maybe that changes. Maybe it doesn't. He's got a lot of receivers around him that are supposed to be making plays after the catch. They're not doing enough of that. The deep balls just aren't on point. So I think that there's a lot to be concerned about with Cam Newton, even as soon as this week. Um, I'd rather go, look, I'm concerned about Baker Mayfield, too. I'm starting Mayfield over Cam. I'm starting Kyler Murray. Who, and I don't even love Murray's matchup. I just like Murray. You know I what like was, him better than Cam this week. You know what concerned me a lot? And I, and I know Greg Williams can do a lot of exotic stuff. It concerned me a lot that Baker was getting fooled consistently at the line of the scrimmage, thinking he was seeing one thing and falling right into the trap. As a second-year guy, you'd like to see him be a little sharper, especially after halftime. It's it's more than just that, Mike. He had Odell open for a touchdown earlier in the game before Odell actually scored his touchdown, mm-hmm. and he missed him. So, yeah, it, it's two straight games where, where Mayfield's getting fooled. It, it almost makes you wonder if he's putting in the work. 
after practice watching the film, trying to understand what these coverages look like. Is Antonio Brown a top eight receiver the rest of the year? It, the problem with A.B. Um, is that there, there just seems to be so many things off the field that could just push him off the field, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, all these lawsuits and, and uh, allegations, I, you don't know how much longer he's going to play. Could it be the rest of the season? Yeah. If we knew, we, like, if we knew that he was squeaky clean, he's a total Boy Scout off the field, and he just had a, a falling out in Oakland, and he goes to New England, there's nothing else to worry about, then he wouldn't be a top eight receiver the rest of the way. He might be closer to a top four or top five the rest of the way. He's playing with Tom Brady. He got a ton of targets in the end zone last week. Caught one of them. I think he, his numbers are going to continue to go up, but I don't think you can trade and get a lot for him. Mm-hmm. And I almost wonder if it's worth checking into the guy that's got A.B. in your fantasy league, and if you're desperate at wide receiver, maybe try not to give up too much to get him and hope that he can just keep playing this year and, and not get you know put on the commissioner's exemption list. Is Mark Andrews a god among men? Oh, boy. There are many of us out there who can say that, Mike. I know there's you, there's me. I don't know if Mandrews is one of those guys, but, yeah, let's let's dial that down from God Among Men to must-start fantasy tight end. The answer to that is yes. Do we now have a big four? And the numbers bear it out, too. He's he's really, really good for that offense. And uh, lo and behold, the Ravens passing game. Much more dangerous than yeah. I thought it would be. Lamar Jackson was 24-37 for 272 yards. He's going to run into some tougher defenses as the season rolls along. I mean, he beat up on the Dolphins and the Cardinals, for crying out loud. But I, I do think that they've got something there that's going to make it very tough to defend. Is it a sell high, or if you've got him, do you sit tight? On Jackson or Andrews? Well, oh, on well, Andrews. Okay, well, uh, to me, I, I think we could be getting close to a sell-sky-high point on Lamar Jackson, but I, I wouldn't do it this week, and I don't think I would do it the week after that because he's at Kansas City, and then he's against Cleveland. The only thing you got to hope for is that he stays healthy because that, that could be an issue. When he's running 16 times, he's bound to take some hits along the way, and he's going to face some tougher pass rushes as the season goes on. And the, and the secondaries that they face are going to be tougher as the season goes on. So Jackson's numbers are going to be... I don't know if they can stay as hot as they are, especially through the air, as what we've seen through the first two weeks cumulatively of the season. But I think he's proving to be a very good fantasy starter, and if you've got him, you're going to continue to start him until you can't. And I think you almost have to say the exact same thing with Andrews. I would be less inclined to sell high on Andrews um, because I'm always looking for tight ends that get 9, 10 targets a week and give me over 100 yards. Those guys are unicorns. He's He's outperforming pretty much everybody right now. Just say it with me, Dave. Kelsey, Ertz, Kittle, Andrews. Hmm. What if what if <laughs> I say it? Kelsey, Andrews, oh. Ertz, oh. Kittle, oh, listen. Ingram. Oh. Duh. you got to put Evan Ingram up there. Hey, that's fine. Last week was kind of a dud. Buffalo did a good job taking him away, but... Uh, Things are changing in the New York Giants passing game, as you know. Yeah, what do you what do you make of that at all? We may as well just cover that now. I know Golden Tate's going to come back in another week. You've got Ingram, you got Shepard coming back. I, Daniel Jones, as it would relate to Giants skill player fantasy values, I think it's good for them. I, I, I was impressed by Daniel Jones in the preseason, and I think the Giants did a really good job evaluating him, understanding that he was surrounded by bad players at Duke. And I almost wonder if they got some inside info on Daniel Jones where they just they, they knew all along that he was going to be a good quarterback. And, and he looked great in the preseason. He averaged over 12 yards per pass attempt. 
and uh, an 85% completion rate. You can say it's the preseason. He's playing against backups, and it's going to be a different animal against the starters. But we've got Tampa Bay in Week 3, and that secondary is bad. And their pass rush is a huge question mark. And the Giants' offensive line isn't bad. It's part of the reason why Eli had the good enough numbers that he had to begin mm-hmm. the season. I, 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 would ent- I don't know if Daniel Jones is going to become a fantasy starter in two QB leagues. Of course, you should go get him. But I think that he's going to do some good things for Ingram, for Shepard, eventually for Golden Tate. I think they can stretch the field a little bit more with Jones than they could have with Eli. Dave, um, 17 different podcasts this week, Fantasy Football Today. Anything else you need to promote? Uh, what are you covering this week, et cetera? You know, keep everybody's eyes open on CBS Sports HQ. It's our live 24-7 sports news and smart analysis channel network. It's on all the time. It's got highlights from every single game. It helps you be a better sports fan. Just put it on in the morning. What do you put it on? You can't find it on your remote control for your TV unless you've got an OTT device, anything that's got Wi-Fi. That's where you're going to find it. You go to CBSSportsHQ.com or you download the free CBS Sports app and boom, you're watching. We don't even ask for your email address. We ask for zero money. We just want you to be a better sports fan. Stop listening to the Talking Heads debate all the time and get into it with CBSSportsHQ.com. Dave, you are the man. I hope to be speaking to you at 3-0 and next week, okay? Looking forward to it, Mike. Thank you. My man. Talk to you. All right. Thanks for listening. As always, pass it on. Radio.com, iTunes, anywhere you get your podcasts. And if you don't mind, drop us a review, five stars preferably. And hell comment. Do whatever the hell you want to do and pass it on. We'll talk to you next week.